Hello and welcome to episode 41 of the Epic Classroom Podcast. My name is Trevor Muir and I like to talk about teaching. Whether it's stories and ideas from my own classrooms or lessons that I've learned from other educators, I just love to explore ways to help students grow and thrive in school, but also for their educators to thrive as well. And so that's what this podcast is. Whatever you teach or however you serve in schools, how can you lead a more impactful, dynamic, meaningful, and epic classroom? All right. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, I am recording this on the very first day of December, and it is cold outside where I live. So I, if, you've, if you're just tuning in or we're just getting to know each other, I live here in Grand Rapids, Michigan, which is a pretty cold place a big chunk of the year. But we had a really nice, warm summer and then a beautiful fall. And then all of a sudden it just flipped on its head. And now it's just cold and rainy and a little sunny snowy and it's not ideal temperatures to go outside and have an adventure uh, but that's okay because I am nice and warm and cozy at the local library here where I live recording a podcast out of that cold weather uh, but you know this is also a really lovely time of year as well right like I mean and for me and that's kind of what we're going to get to on this podcast not not about how I think it's lovely you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about but for me as a dad of two kids and we have this um happy family and Christmas is coming and all of the joy that's in front of us we're kind of moving into what I like to call good winter right like you know what the bad winter is that's like late February into March where you know like you're kind of getting sick of the white the, the monochromatic status of, of the color scheme of winter you're getting sick of the cold and the dreariness and I'm again I'm speaking from the perspective of someone who lives in Michigan but uh yeah you start getting sick of it then but December it's still kind of fun winter right you've got the holidays and all the anticipation you know tomorrow our little village where we live has uh, a big Christmas parade where the schools march in the and march with the marching band and Santa's there and my little girl is a Girl Scout and she's gonna throw out candy and then after that there's a huge chili cook-off to where hundreds and hundreds of people come together and and eat chili and drink beer and it's just like it's so festive and then earlier this week we went and, and cut down a Christmas tree with a saw at a at a big farm for Christmas trees it's just this is the time of year where it's nice for it to be cold it feels cozy and and and, and if you've ever heard the term huga it's like the Scandinavian term for cozy and safe and warm and so that's what this season is for me and my family and we love it right December whatever a holiday you celebrate a lot of us really love this time of year we like the good winter um, but you know that, that that's got me thinking about students and, and and it's easy to have this assumption that everybody has the same experience of oh December means joy December means warmth December means who God December means holidays that are to be celebrated and anticipated but you know I was once teaching this time of year just around right now when I noticed a student in my class named Tony was acting really down and angry and he also wasn't working he wasn't doing anything but he had just this attitude about him and so one time I said to Tony as he was just really kind of mouthing off I said Tony 
in two weeks, you're going to get a nice break from school. And if you can just hang on for two more weeks, then you can go on holiday break and, and you can be done with being here, okay? So just hang on two more weeks. And then Tony just gave me this cold smirk. I remember him just looking at me, slouched back in his chair. He smirks at me and he says, dude, I hate Christmas. Well, I naively responded to Tony. I said, what do you mean you hate Christmas? Nobody hates Christmas. And this kid just looked at me right in the eyes and he said, yeah, easy for you to say, Muir. I don't get gifts or do anything. I just go home and get and sit on the couch while my mom gets drunk and passes out. And that's what he said to my my exclamation that everybody loves Christmas. He says, I go home and I watch my mom pass out on the couch. Here's the thing, I can't relate to this. My childhood, it, it wasn't always perfect, but I always loved Christmas, right? I, and I especially loved the two week break from school. I loved all of it. I liked getting off from school. I liked the presents. I liked the family coming together. I liked the food. My mom is a master cook. I loved everything about Christmas. And this kid's telling me that he hates it. And he goes on this rant about how he, his mom passes out and how he doesn't get any gifts. And, and, you know, he told me that his Christmas meal is literally microwaved hot dogs. And, you know, this explained a lot in this moment. It, like, you know, his words, they rocked me to, the, to my core. It explained a lot. It explained why he was acting the way he was. You know, for some kids like Tony, no school means no regular meals. No daily contact with teachers who love and care about them. And if you live where I live, or anywhere in the northern hemisphere, uh, if you live where we live, there's often no warm air for two weeks. And so when the last day before holiday break came, my heart was broken for this kid as I saw how much it affected him, the thought of leaving school for two weeks, not having warm air, not having a full belly, not having teachers and people who surround around him and give him the sense of stability. You know, I, I as, as I'm saying this, I'm thinking about it right now. There's, there's this, this reality that is so glaring in front of me as I think about this kid, Tony, in that moment where I realize not every kid loves Christmas. Not every kid looks forward to the holidays. There's this reality, my educator friends, that you are English teachers or math or science or history or gym teachers. You may be a counselor or a para pro or an administrator. Yeah, you are that. You are a trained, licensed professional in that area, but you are also more than that. To many students, you are a big part of their home. You embody caring, you embody wisdom and generosity and stability and love to your students. And you know, sometimes in all of the busyness and pressure and systematic qualities of education and in all that school can be, it's sometimes easy to lose sight of the fact that our students are children, you know, and children need nurturing. And many of them rely on the nurturing that they receive from you and the nurturing that they receive in school. This isn't to say they don't get it at home in some way, shape, or form, but there is a reality that not every student gets what they need outside of school. And so if they are not getting it at home, 
and they don't get it at school, does this mean we have a bunch of kids who are not being cared for, not getting wisdom, not getting generosity and stability, not, not receiving love? It's like, yeah, that is the reality for some of our students. And we don't necessarily know who those students are. And we can't, and I don't even think it's fair to make judgments on what they receive or don't receive it at home. Um, but you know, when I have this interaction with Tony and listening to him and then getting to know him more and I, and if I had more time, I could tell you about all of the different interactions that came once I got to know more about Tony and the life that he lives. It, it's quite apparent that many students are, are lacking this care that they need. And so kids need school and some of them need it even more than others. They need you, right? Like, I, that, I guess that's what I'm getting at here is we have to realize the, the monumental role we play in our students' lives. And again, it's easy to lose track of that. It's easy to lose track of how important you are. And this isn't about putting pressure on you, like, hey, you need to be everything for every student. That's not within our capacity, and that's not what I'm trying to say. It's instead realizing that those little things you do in your work actually mean a lot to our students. You know, the, the, the just even the system things, the, the fact that, you know, the, the breakfasts and lunches that schools provide kids often mean regular meals for students. The, the, the warm air that is pumped out of school furnaces uh, mean a lot to our students. You greeting students at the door and sharing some joy and love with them means a lot to our students. And so we just have to be aware of that. And it makes sense why students might feel this deep anxiety at the thought of being away for that for a period of time as break approaches. You know, it also explains why there's a lot of negative behavior this time of year in the weeks leading up to the holidays. I remember you, I used to think that like, oh yeah, all of the, you know, the acting out you'd see from students is because they're just so excited about going on holiday break. They're excited to going on a ski trip or getting to open presents or be out of school. And that's where all of this out of hand behavior is. But then when you're a teacher for a while, you start realizing, oh no, that's not what it is for a lot of our students. A lot of them are feeling this anxiety and they, and they exhibit that anxiety through negative behavior. Remember, I've said it before on the podcast, behavior is a form of communication. You know, when students are acting positively and they're doing the things you want them to do, they're usually communicating some stability in their life that they are content and joyful or happy. And so therefore their behavior reflects that and, and vice versa. When we see negative behavior, that's often communicating that there is a lack of stability or a lack of control or heightened anxiety or heightened sadness or depression. And so therefore it manifests itself in the classroom. And so we have to be aware of this and, and, and I'm not saying that we have to ignore the negative behavior. I'm not saying we just have to let negative behavior slide, but I do think in times like these, especially the more we become aware of it, that, that we have to draw from our deepest empathy. I think it's in moments like these that we need to find extra grace to give to our students, knowing that there is more beneath the surface. 
that, that, that their behavior is communicating something. And maybe this just comes in the form of having a little extra patience. And I know that's, an, that's a tall ask at times, especially when we're out of energy this time of year. Um, but maybe it's just, and, and when I say patience, it doesn't mean, oh yeah, you're allowed to just act out of, uh, you're, you're allowed to just act out or be disruptive. No, that's, that's actually not helpful for the student and it's not actually helpful for the rest of the class either. But maybe it's spending a little extra time with those students who you know are feeling this anxiety because of some of these reasons. Maybe it's giving a little bit more positive affirmation this time of year. Maybe we can design more activities that are intentionally about, you know, strengthening your class community, creating a sense of warmth and joy for those students, it, letting them know that, that, hey, I can't speak to your life outside of school, and it's not my job to, but I can make sure that when you are here, especially now, you are going to feel warm and you're going to feel part of something. You're going to be a feel part of a community. There, there, there maybe, maybe it's developing traditions. Obviously, holiday neutral, most, most likely especially if you teach in a public school, but creating traditions for this time of year that kids get to be a part of. Um, but then as, as, as we talk about uh, sensitivity to holidays, uh, that's a whole conversation that we can have maybe some other time, but maybe being sensitive to our students' experiences. And so maybe instead of saying, hey, what is everybody going to do over the holidays, knowing that some kids are going to be like, I'm going skiing, or I can't wait to open presents, or I can't wait to uh, be with my whole family, knowing that that's not necessarily the reality for all of your students maybe instead asking hey what do you what do you like to do over the holiday or do you have any good memories that you like to share or what traditions do you have or or, or maybe just asking hey what do you like about our class this time of year maybe just being a little sensitive to that because I've also learned you know and and this is just out of my own ignorance but you know when asking questions like what are you excited about over the holiday you know kids like Tony were usually quite silent during those times and if you're observant you can see some students kind of kind of shirk back into their seats or shrink down a bit and and not uh, feel like they want to share because they don't have something positive to share about that or maybe they don't feel like they want to share it or maybe the holidays carry baggage um, and so I think it's just important to be sensitive about that but also really lean into community lean in to our students and just have this empathy and awareness you know one of the hardest and I mean this year-round especially right now. One of the hardest parts about being an educator is the sense of helplessness we often feel towards our stu student circumstances. You know, there was nothing I could do to improve the condition of, of Tony's home life, right? Or, or, or I couldn't change what Christmas Day looked like for him. Just like I'm sure you've had students who you wish you could take home with you. But that's out of your hands. That's out of my hands. But what is within our control is how we care for every student when they are with us. You know, very simple acts of caring and kindness can have a massive impact on our students' lives. I've shared this quote before, but it just resonates with me. As Frederick Buchner said, he said, they may forget what you said, but they will never forget how you made them feel. Your posture towards students in the space you create for them to learn and grow in matters far more than the test scores and their academic standing. And so keep an eye out for those kids who seem a little restless the next couple weeks, who are acting out not because they're excited to go on a ski trip or open lots of presents or get to play Fortnite for hours on end, but because they've had weeks off of school before and it wasn't pretty. 
These kids are the ones who might shrink a little bit when we ask what everyone's doing over break, when we assign little writing prompts about what they want for Christmas or Hanukkah, who are acting out a bit more than normal. And so in the next few weeks, be aware of how we talk about the holidays with our students. Maybe plan to shoot an email or a text to a kid over break. I don't know, ask how they're doing. Just, just check in with them, remind them that you are still there. And at the end of break, you will be there as well. And you know, maybe if you're comfortable with it, and this is totally up to you, no pressure, maybe buy a small gift for a kid who's on your heart, just to let them know there are people who deeply care about them. You don't have to do that, but if it's on your heart, go for it. But more than anything, have a little extra grace and make sure that every kid in all of your classes knows that you care about them. Friends, thanks for listening to this podcast, but more than that, thanks for being an educator, and especially this time of year.